Hello and welcome. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player, and this is the Life After Hockey podcast. This is the place where I'll be interviewing former players and exploring their life after hockey journeys, including their successes, challenges, and the causes that they are passionate about. So please join me on the Hockey Podcast Network every Saturday for new episodes and follow me on Twitter at Brad M. Lieb for all my podcast updates. And until then, keep going and enjoy your life. Welcome to New York. The Devil's State, State of Mind, Mind podcast. podcast, brought to you brought by, to the, you hockey by the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now, here's, now your, here's host, your host, Neil Villapiano. Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place, as I always say, to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. As always, thank you guys so very much for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out. We do greatly, greatly appreciate all of the love and support. This is the second episode of season number two, and as I've mentioned before, I'll just give you another update that we are going to now have episodes every Monday and Thursday. So every week, you're going to get two episodes of the Devil's State of Mind podcast and also podcasts all over the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're getting a little bit busier. We're giving you guys even more content than we were giving you before. And we're going to continue to give you more content, especially when we actually get started with the upcoming 2021 NHL season. And speaking of that, we actually had on a very special guest this on this week's edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast discussing the latest news that we got about the possible start date for the 2021 NHL season. It was originally January 1st, but now since you guys are probably listening to this on Monday, December 7th, you probably know by now that that start date is probably not going to happen. But Frank Saravalli from Sportsnet had tweeted out about two days ago that the NHL and NHLPA were discussing the possibility of starting between January 15th and 16th, and also possibly, if things really don't move the way that they want, maybe even a late January, early February start time. So we still have very little information, but we actually were able to get some insight with our special guest this week. So I'm going to intro that, and then you guys can listen to the interview. So without further ado, as I always say, let's drop the puck. So we had on one of our biggest supporters and one of our biggest friends of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, and that is Jersey 
Joe. He works with Heads Up Hockey, and he continues to do tremendous work by analyzing prospects and also just analyzing the news that goes on with the Devils as well as the NHL. And he has several reliable unnamed sources that he was able to share with me and share the information that we are able to get about not just this start date for the NHL season, but possibly what could happen in the future with a TV deal, possibly maybe a new commissioner down the road. You know, we we don't know, but uh, there was a lot of great talk between both of us and there was a lot of information to get to. So I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy this great interview that will give you a lot of information that you need to know about the NHL with our good friend, Jersey Joe. All right, Devils fans, we have, we have somebody that has been on the Devils State of Mind podcast before. It is once again a pleasure to welcome on one of our biggest Devils sources and insiders, and that is Jersey Joe. Joe, welcome back to the Devils State of Mind podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I must say it's a great uh, 24 hours. That's good. That's good, yes. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, same same book. Been a pretty busy week for myself, doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, we this is the second episode of season two of the Double State of Mind podcast, where we now do two episodes a week. So this one will come out on Monday, December seventh, and then we'll have another episode also on Thursday. So now every Monday and Thursday we have episodes. So you know, we're uh. We're stepping up our game a little bit, getting more content out there. And, uh, you know, it, it's a pleasure to have you on again talking with us here today. So we thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, I want to just let the viewers know, uh, yesterday I got a call from someone I know who has a source through a couple other people, um, not just through the Devils, but throughout other teams throughout the league. Okay. And a lot of other uh, details went on yesterday. And as I said, Neil, I have a bunch of notes um, right. that I, we can discuss. Yes. So for the fans, let's go. Absolutely. So, so we'll kick things off with obviously the news that we got at around 7.45 this morning. We're recording this on Friday, December 4th, 2020. So this news will be a, a little bit older by the time you guys listen to this episode. But the, the first original reporting that we got was from Sportsnet's Frank Saravalli who he tweeted this out. It was a two-part tweet, and the first part said, Development. Sources say NHL shared draft schedules with NHLPA on Thursday, one including a 56-game regular season for 2021. Drafts were based on January 1st start date, but sides discussed pushing that back, January 15th or 16th. Total talks were unrelated to recent economic requests. And then the second part of that he tweeted that said, Difficult to say definitely progress has been made given the outstanding economic issues and skyrocketing COVID-19 numbers. But to me, this is one of the most positive signs yet that there will be a 2021 season. We'll see where all this goes. Two sides remain in discussion. Now, Pierre Lebrun retweeted Saravalli's tweet with his own comments and said, a January 15th start is now being discussed, sources said. Really no choice given that January 1st doesn't seem unrealistic at this point. Economic issues still unresolved, but both sides keep talking about other issues around the season planning. As Frank says below, some positive vibes. And then P. 
Pierre also tweeted this out a few minutes after that saying, as per NHL and NHLPA talks last night, 52 game and 56 game both on the table, but sources say both the league and NHLPA would prefer 56 games if time allows. Remember that they want to end the cup final in early July. Again, nothing is done yet. Economic issues remain. Now, again, Joe, as we both know, the main reason that the NHL wants to get the season done by early July is for two reasons. One, the NHL's con- TV contract with NBC runs out. And two, they want to finish mm-hmm. before supposedly the 2021, which was originally the 2020 Summer Olympics, is expected to begin. So there's a lot of pressure on the NHL to get a season and to make it legit. And I put out a Twitter mm-hmm. poll earlier today, and I asked people <laughs> if they thought that – yeah, and I asked people if it was if whether it's a 52 or 56 game season, do you guys feel that it's legit? And I th- and most people said that it was a legit season because it's more than half of the games. And I completely agree with that because mm-hmm. if we're going to end up also having a legit full on Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, 16 teams, the way we were doing it for many years prior to this past summer, you know, I think it will end up being legit because again. Most, you know, whoever wins the Stanley Cup will play roughly 70 to, you know, 70 plus games when it's all said and done. So Mm -hmm. all this is positive news. This isn't really much, obviously, because we still don't have any definitive answers. And like they said, with the cases spiking for COVID-19, there's a lot of question marks about does the NHL feel comfortable? Now, I did mention this last week that... I thought personally we weren't going to actually start the season until late January, early February, just because Mm -hmm. of multiple reasons. One, the COVID-19 case is spiking. Two, the NHL training camps are going to start about a month before the first, you know, day of games. And you also have to take into consideration the seven teams, including the New Jersey Devils, who did not make the 2014 playoff, were promised, I think, a week or two Mm -hmm. extra training camp time. Like... I think they were supposed to say like a, like four weeks worth extra for the seven teams that didn't make that didn't make the playoffs and right. you know I think you know if you add the extra two weeks on top of it that other teams will get um, that weren't in the top seven of the lottery yep you know it it only benefits the Devils and other teams that finished in the in the bottom seven of the draft lottery. You know, those top teams yeah. in the draft lottery get that extra week of uh, development. And that means Jack Hughes gets more time to uh, work with Lindy Roth and yeah. Mark Recchi, so on and so forth. Right. And we'll, and we'll actually, I wanted to discuss with you about, you know, the things we've heard from Jack Hughes over the last couple of days with his choice to not, you know, go play in the World Junior Championships. But let's get back to what we were just talking about and what I just brought up. My, my question to you, Joe, is this. Number one because it's kind of a two-part question. Number one, Mm -hmm. are you surprised that the NHL is considering now a mid to late January start? And number two, where do you personally see the NHL actually starting and how do you see it? How how do you see them going about it in 2021? Well, first off, I mean, owners, I mean, are worth billions, right? Right. I mean, it's not going to hurt Josh Harris or David Blitzer. I mean, they got you know, a diverse portfolio. And they have the Philadelphia 76ers as well. And, and they have Crystal Palace. Right. So, so they're fine. As, as, a little, as a little compensation. So <laughs> this is not going to hurt their right. bottom line. It's just 
you know, it's a little bit of a tax harvest, you know, you can lose money, right. but it's not really going to kill you. But let's put it this way. A lot of people are eager to get back to work, meaning the players. And then right. you have, you know, the owners want to, you know, get some sort of revenue. And you look at the other leagues, um, like Major League Baseball with the cutouts. And I was talking to my source yesterday. I said, do you think the NHL is going to start doing, like, that type of thing, putting cutouts, you know, in the stands? You know, fans pay for them. Okay. Or, Ticket holders who are afraid to go right. to games the, the should do that. Case. Yeah, yeah. Divert, divert some of that money. <laughs> I mean, it can't hurt considering that. Again, the likelihood of there being fans, you know, it, it, it's very unlikely. I mean, look to start off. Let's just be realistic. We're not going to have fans when the season starts. We already knew that. There is some hope, considering the fact that we have we're now slowly starting to get a vaccine. And granted. It's going to go to the healthcare workers first. It's not going to go to the regular people. It's going to take time. But mm -hmm. the hope is, is that as the vaccine comes to the United States and also Canada, and just basically North, we're just talking about from North America's perspective, mm -hmm. you know, that eventually down the road later this season, you know, maybe in the March, maybe even at the beginning of the Stanley Cup playoffs, that people would feel more comfortable and it would be safer for people to go to these games. I personally have said before that with the NFL, because you look, some of the teams in the National Football League have been allowing fans to assert capacity. I personally have said before that I just don't think that's been a good idea. I understand you're trying to create some form of normalcy and you're always obviously trying to make as much money as you can because there is a lot of money to be made with people being at the game, regardless of how many are actually there. But I think the NHL looks at how they handle the Stanley Cup playoffs, that whole bubble situation where they had no reported positive tests from start to finish. They have that reputation and they don't want to tarnish it by jumping into something too quick without there being as much safety and research and money put into it as possible. And so I think, in my opinion at least, that's why I think the NHL has been really quiet with not really saying to anybody even now, you know, that we're going to have a season right away. Because, again, if we were going to do January 1st, training camps would have already started by now. We would have already known all this stuff. Right. But we also heard, you know, certain players coming over from Europe. Um, like, for instance, like kids like Jesper Bofus coming over, you know, to be coming in yeah. to, you know, their respective you know, home rinks, like yep. for instance, you know, I was told from my source that, you know, the Binghamton Devils will be playing in the New Jersey Devils practice rink. Interesting. That's what Interesting. my source said last night to me. So if wow. let's say, you know, someone has a bad game or, you know, someone is injured or someone came down with, yeah. you know, COVID-19 or something, you can have, you know, Tom Fitzgerald phone call um the Binghamton coach and say hey um can you just uh send Yegor on over right I want Sharon Govich in tomorrow night playing the third line at, at minimal <laughs> yeah you must have listened to my uh my other my my latest episode talking about I did on the I'm just I just try to make a right. point <laughs> right right um I like that you know if that ends up being the case um and you have pretty reliable sources on your end so yeah 
I, I definitely could see that. And, you know, yeah, it would be an advantage to the Devils because then, you know, Fitzgerald doesn't even have to call. He just walks across. He walks like, I don't know, half a mile or whatever, like walks across the state, the arena, and just says, hey, you know, we need a, we need a player, you know, let, you know, let's, you know, it makes it easier. And you mentioned, you know, guys coming overseas, like Jesper Boquist, uh, Nick Merkley, who was just recalled from his loan. Uh, I believe those are the only two at the moment in the Devils organization that yeah. are called. And it is. I think there's more to come. Yeah, and I think that there's a reason for that. I do believe that both of them got recalled for a specific reason because if you look at both of them, they had been playing well while they were overseas. It wasn't like there was a reason behind it, and we're not hearing anything from either of their teams that says, oh, you know, we don't want them anymore. I remember the <laughs> – I forgot what team exactly um, Jesper Bocos was playing for, but the head coach uh, of that his, team – His original team that he began playing for, he was drafted by the Dells, was Breenice. I got to check who he was with when he came over. Um, yeah, I can search that. Because but, I, remember, I, mean, I remember the head coach of that team said – that they were really lucky to get Jesper Boquist because he fit in perfectly on that first power play line and he was doing a really good job of setting guys up to score. So clearly he was uh, an invaluable part to the team. Yeah. It was Timura, right? Oh, uh, yeah. There was uh, yeah, Timura in the IK, which is right. the, uh, the uh, like, you know, the tw like 20 and under. Right. Uh, in the uh, Alsvenskan. So right. it's the second tier. Yeah. But still, in Swedish hockey. it's so, still important nonetheless because he's getting playing time. And again, mm -hmm. when you're seeing guys, and albeit it's not a lot, but when you see guys now are starting to get recalled back to New Jersey, it's starting to tell you, okay, clearly the Devils know something's going on. They know that something is in the works and we're getting to that point. We know that the NHL and NHLPA had not been talking for the past week, and then this past week they have been talking virtually every day. Now, the mm -hmm. biggest thing out of everything that came out that really surprised me was something that you and I discussed on, on Twitter um, in our direct messaging was the fact that the NHL had been reportedly asking the NHLPA to give up even more money than they had originally agreed with six months ago. And that they, was one of those things where it was like, I get what? it from the owner's perspective, but at the same time you say, that could be a disaster waiting to happen because, as I said before, the players are looking at it and saying to themselves, you're asking us to continue to make this sacrifice like we did for the past, those two-plus months, and you're also trying to take more money from us. And obviously, the NHLPA is like, you know, bullshit on that. We're not doing that. And that's exactly yeah. what they're going for. So, Joe, what, what are your, you know, give, give us your what? thoughts of, of that whole thing. So let me put it this way. When I said on Twitter not long ago, I said, you know, when you sign a CBA, a deal is a deal, and a deal is must be honored. Right. And my source said to me, and I agree with my source, and said, if the players were to get locked out, mm -hmm. there's a mechanism in place that can go take that other side to court and say, hey, you know, you can't lock out the Players Association. Like, you can't just lock out the Devils players. You can't lock out the Rangers players, so on and so forth. Right. Now, if the Players Association were to try and strike, um, that too goes to court. So, we're looking at something that's already, you know, been agreed upon, smoked upon. 
upon, you know, right. in the CBA for the next five seasons. So really, if there's anyone thinking out of their crazy mind, conspiracy theory, it's not going to happen because yeah. it goes straight to the courts in the U.S. and Canada. You know, one of the other things that was brought up that some people were saying, and I had heard, you know, some some reports about it, not not that much, is that, yeah, the last, the last res, you know, result of this would be, you know, or the last ditch effort would basically be to just flat out cancel the season. And, and I talked about it with some people um, on Twitter today about that. And I said, look, the reality is this. Neither side is going to want to cancel the season, and both sides are not going to do it. I think that's just the It's same. not going to happen. I think I hate to say it to that person, but you're you're bleeping wrong. <laughs> well, no, it's it's not. You know, nobody really, nobody's really said that that's what's going to end up happening. You're saying that that's a possibility if all other things fail. Which remember, we still have a lot of things that have to fail before we even get to that point. The NHL wants to play. The NHLPA mm -hmm. wants to play. Everybody wants to play. It's just about finding a common ground between both sides, and this is the thing that's always a frustrating thing. You had to give credit to the, to the National Football League that they got a CBA done and finalized mm -hmm. way before the season was going to begin. Now, the NHL, like we had just mentioned, did sign a CBA agreement with the NHLPA before they even made the announcement to do the 2014 playoff because that CBA agreement was supposed to last for the next four, five, six years while they were able to fix themselves you know, financially because of the aftermath of COVID-19. Now, mm -hmm. less than six months after signing it, it seems like the NHL is, is going against that. Now, Commissioner Gary Bettman was on a, um, I don't know if it was a podcast or he was just on a roundtable. But I did also see NHL.com on their homepage also yes. had quoted Bettman that they can't name certain health officials and stuff like that. But they did mention that, you know, they're working with these high officials to try and get something right you know in the middle ground to get the season kick-started right so and, really and the, i think you know right. we we probably know one of the big names anyway because you know the big news networks talk with that person pretty much all the time every day yeah that's so. true yeah um and you look at you look at the fact of somebody like you know i'll just throw out this name dr anthony fauci Looks Bingo, like, that's the guy. Looks like he's going to be very well involved in the uh, Biden administration moving forward once he gets, once mm -hmm. he gets um, you know, sworn into office. Right, I think it was already reported that he was going to be like his cheat, you know, his, his top guy, mm -hmm. which, which is important. The thing that people have to remember with the NHL, which is different than pretty much every other league to an extent, is this. The NHL is not going to have its seven Canadian teams leave Canada and try mm -hmm. to find a place in, in the United States. They're not going to do that. They can't do that. It's just, not, it's just not economically possible when you really think about it. You look at Major League Baseball, they have one team, you know, that's not in the United States, and that's the Toronto Blue Jays. So what did they do? They went down and played, played in Buffalo. Buffalo. Right. You look at the Toronto Raptors, they're like, okay, we're going to go play in Florida. I think it was Florida. Yeah, it was Florida. In Tampa, I believe. Um, they're going to go play there. Yeah, they have those remote cities. Right. But the NHL has seven teams um, that do not play. What I wanted to segue. But I, I was just going to finish by so, saying, just saying that, look, here's the bottom line. The NHL needs to 
come to a decision that as much as, you know, obviously trying to make as much money back to try to keep itself, you know, in a decent area makes sense. At the same time, the best way you're going to do that, especially when you have other factors like a new TV deal coming, mm-hmm. is to just get a season done. Because if you have to go to the last resort, which is not going to happen, I just want everybody to understand, the season is not going to get canceled. We already know that's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. But if for some really random reason they just decide that it's, that it's not worth it, that's going to be even worse economically for the National Hockey League. Like, it will take them a long time to get back to where they were before this started. If they have a season, they'll be able to get back to that point much faster. But the NHLPA also has the decision to make because they can remain, they can remain not stubborn, but they can, re- they can keep their ground firm and say, we're not going to give up less and go from there. Or the NHL just or if they both come aside and maybe they take a little bit of a smaller deduction that they already took. I don't really know what the situation is. You know, you're hearing constantly conflicting reports. You know, Gary Bettman is saying to the public, oh, we're not asking to change the change the uh the CBA. And then you're but then you're hearing from reliable reports, you know, guys like Pierre Lebron, guys from sports and Elliot Friedman. Elliot Friedman that no, you, you're actually trying to do it. So it's obviously a he said, he said she said type of situation. Mm-hmm. But again, I think the NHL and the NHLPA are going to eventually come to a deal. And this is why, again, I think we're going to end up playing in late January, early February, because we still don't have definitive answers to anything. We don't know what the protocol is. We don't know what the divisions are basically going to be looked like. We don't know anything exactly we can't say anything with confidence to say this is going to happen this is like we don't know and the players on these teams are sitting around at home you know they're wondering wondering we're three weeks away from christmas i mean we're about three weeks away from christmas and you look at the national basketball association guess what december 22nd they're starting they're Mm -hmm. starting so it's it's a little bit of pressure that hey can we, can we get things moving here? Because we're not just talking about it from a fan's perspective. We're looking at it the fact that, remember, you have seven teams, including New Jersey Devils, who mm-hmm. are going to go nearly a whole calendar year without, without playing. playing. Right. And, it's not fair to the other right. seven teams. And you have a young team like the Devils who has a new coaching staff for the most part, a bunch of new players, um, and there's going to be – there's going to be that pressure for them to have time to build chemistry, to gel together, to be able to start getting things rolling. And that's the thing that is kind of frustrating from their end because there's only so much that one team can do. It's now up to those people in charge to really get things going. And I think Gary Bettman is going to be under a lot of pressure from this point forward because mm-hmm. he represents not only the NHL, he represents the owners. And he's going to do what's in best interest of them. And you have the NHLPA doing their, you know, what's in their best interest, you know, for the players. And it right. just has to come to a point where both sides have to sit there and say, look, we need to have a season. We're kind of running out of time right now. It's December 5th or December 4th, whatever. And we're still not where we need to be. We need to get this done and we need to get this done soon so that these players can come over. Because again, you also have players that are coming going to come from overseas 
that have to now quarantine for 14 days. Which stinks for, for these poor guys coming exactly. right over. And that's why I think you're starting to see some teams recall their guys now so that in mm-hmm. case we start sometime soon, these guys are already through their quarantine you know, process and they can just play. So, again, it's just let's get it going here. Let, let's, let's come to an agreement. Let's, let's put this together and let's go from there. I also, I also am sympathetic to the fact, like we mentioned, COVID-19 cases are spiking and they're worried because hockey is an indoor sport. Mm-hmm. Right? But we did hear that seven or eight teams are talking about or were throwing out the idea of playing outdoors, which is, in my opinion, probably not a good idea. And I think they yeah. understand that. There's just way too much money you'd have to invest in for this to and happen. Then you're not going to have any fans. I mean, you're going to have, like, what, sponsors? But it's still not going to add up. It's just it's, – it's not, it's not going to work. So the bottom line is, is this. A deal needs to be put in place within the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Like, there can't be – there can't be any more of this silence because the problem is, is that you just have so many people waiting around wondering to themselves – you know, when are we going to play? What's the situation? That, How can we train? How can we properly prepare ourselves for this stuff when we don't know what's going on? That, well, this is the thing about Gary Bettman. I was talking with my source yesterday, and, and we both came to the conclusion that this is likely going to be Bettman and Fear's last time being able to negotiate any sort of deal after all this is said and done. Um, I do not – uh, believe in Batman anymore because I see that from what I was told that this is the first time ever that in Batman's tenure that the owners didn't see eye to eye on the same page. Um, for me, this is a big red flag in uh, Gary Batman's career. And I think if I were to say something from uh, the movie Mississippi Burning, from okay. Gene Hackman, yep. uh, the grits left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> and I, I think the grits and the owners and the players right. have gotten so bad that it's time for, like, a new commissioner. And, I mean, it's time yeah. to move forward. The NHL has been given a bad rap with Bettman and – how many times are you going to boo Batman for the rest of your life? <laughs> yeah. And I want, I just want progress. I don't want regression. Yeah. And, you know, to all the 31, 32 teams out there, um, fan bases listening into this podcast, I really want to see this 56 game season started ASAP, which the score mentioned mm-hmm. um, today. Right. And I really want to see the way the players can progress get along in this current COVID-19 hockey era mm-hmm. until the, the vaccines are widely distributed to as many people. And the more people that, you know, do get them and they trust the vaccine and, you know, more people get it, you know, mm-hmm. we'll have a better, you know, way of getting back to a new normal, but there will mm-hmm. be certain business things that um, we, the fans, podcasters have to follow suit. But, I want to talk about the governing part. So yeah, go ahead. We we mentioned the government, um, not just the U.S. but Canada. Right. So uh, it says in my notes, governments still allow teams to play in their arenas. So basically, as long as things are good 
you can play, you know, in the Prudential Center for the foreseeable future, unless uh, local government say something else. Right. And I don't see um, myself going to a game until more people are get vaccinated. Right. And I don't want to get, you know, Jack Hughes sick. I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a real human being who cares about other people, even if they're a hockey player. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and look, again, we mentioned this before. I, and I've spoken to a lot of Devils fans and I've spoken to a lot of hockey fans and, and we're basically all in agreement that, look, none of us are going to feel safe going to a game until we know that it's safe. And that might take another year, to be quite frank. I mean, even if they start allowing fans to come back in like March, April timeframe, even if it's with the Devils also, you know, maybe in the playoffs, who knows? It's one of those things where fans will be excited, but at the same time, they'll be like, I don't know. I don't know, but, um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. We, we got a, we got a couple more minutes here, um, to discuss for today, but here's the thing I'll just, um, I'll just say with with regards to the fans to kind of finish my point, we have to wait to see how the vaccine works with the healthcare providers and the people that are dealing with the virus, you know, head on every single day. And also the reality is that, you know, you, you know, you, Joe, myself, we're, we're, you know, we're, nor- we're average people, you know, in a way. We're, we're regular people day to day. We're not going to be able to obtain the vaccine for quite some time. Maybe mm-hmm. in another six months, maybe a year. Yeah. Who knows? We really don't know. So, you know, the NHL wants to see, I think, right now, how that vaccine starts to work in, in, in North America. And then they can kind of go from there because then they can probably find a way like they did during the, the um, you know, with getting the tests, they could probably find a way to get a certain amount of the vaccine for themselves to kind of go from there. But at the same time, it's such a difficult position right now. I do sympathize with the NHL trying to be as fair, and they don't want to. They don't want to rush things when things are not in a safe place. And I respect them for that because mm-hmm. that's what I criticized college football and the National Football League for. That I feel mm-hmm. like. They were, in many ways, forced to play. The Notre Dame game. Right. The Notre Dame game or you the have... No, the infamous game of, right. of running on the field. Right. But then you have situations... Just, just not in a pandemic, please. Right, right. And then you have situations like, you know, what you're seeing with what you saw with the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, the Tennessee Titans and the Raiders and all these other teams <laughs> that are having outbreaks. This is... You know, and then you're playing indoors, you know. In and that's playing with fire right there. Right. That's really, really playing with fire. And so it's going to be a, a, a difficult time. But, you know, hockey players are pretty resilient and they will, you know, do what they need to do to remain safe when they're told what they have to do. But, you know, we'll By see. By the way, there will be constant testing right. day in, day out. Right. You They'll know, when probably. It comes to practices and stuff. Yeah, with regards to the testing, they'll probably – I think a lot of things you'll see with the protocols will be very similar to what they did during the during the bubble. It's just that we'll probably get regional divisions, like I had mentioned last week on the podcast, and also, you know, you know, an all-Canadian division, and also maybe playing two, three games a week against the same team or two teams, however they want to do it. There a might be, like, six, you know, out of, you know, division. But in the U.S., you'll have, like, three – away games outside of that division three in your division yeah if it's going to be 56 you know mathematics 
yeah. you know, yeah. not using your calculator, just using your own brain. Right, right. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be an interesting time. Um, my last thing here, because you know we have a like about six minutes or so left here. Uh, my last thing to you, Joe, real quick, is simply this. Obviously, what are your thoughts on you know when we found out that Jack Hughes, it was his decision to actually stay in New Jersey as opposed to going to play for the United States in the World Junior Championships? I well, this is a double-edged sword. Well, he should have gone to play in Alberta, but at the same time, you would have to probably test negative three times, and I'm sure he's probably not willing to do that because he probably you know would have to quarantine again. You know, going from Michigan to New Jersey, right, and right. then New Jersey to Alberta, Canada, and then Alberta, Canada to New Jersey. I can understand that part. Yes, um, it, it's a good part on his idea to say no to that. Mm-hmm. The other part is yes, he should have gone to play in Alberta to play against under twenty year olds. But I think the way that he's geared himself in the off season. If you look at him and Luke and Quinn, they all pretty much added more muscle mass, which is huge for both of those three brothers frames. Yeah. And guaranteed if Jack keeps adding more muscle mass during this quarantine period, this period of silence, Mm -hmm. this could be the period of, of loud silence when he gets back on the ice and teams can't, you know, pull him down like the flyers did. Yeah, um, early in last year. Yeah, it's a good point because I remember I remember hearing from guys like Tom Fitzgerald that said that you know Jack Hughes has really worked on you know gaining muscle mass. You know, very similar to Nico this year after his first year. You know, he gained a lot of strength. He gained a lot of um, weight in just you know building muscle mass, and that's important because then you start to learn how rough and tough the NHL could be, especially when you're the first overall pick. You know, players are going to want to come after you, and obviously because you know, you're especially so fast. Exactly. And agile. Exactly. And you look at the situation and I think Jack Hughes also has to realize that the COVID there's a big COVID outbreak starting in Alberta, which is where the World Junior Championships is happening. And you know, there's a little bit of speculation that maybe they don't actually they, they may have to start a little bit late with that. And maybe Jack Hughes just doesn't feel comfortable. And also again, with the chances of maybe training camp starting within the next two or three weeks. I think he would rather be set to fully ready to go to play in the NHL, you know, learn from his new coach, learn from some of his new players, build that chemistry and really get going for what would be his, I guess you would say his, his first, you know, full year or sort of, I guess, season where he could actually. His, his sophomore year. Right. Or with sophomore year, but we'll see. I personally, like I said on Twitter, I thought he made the smart decision because I think it allows him to also focus on, what I would consider to be tougher competition for him. Um, you know, again, also giving himself time to continue to build chemistry with some of his teammates, whether it's on the ice or off. And, you know, also with his new coaching staff, but, uh, but Joe, um, we're kind of running out of time here, but again, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us for, for a little bit here. We do appreciate it. And uh, real quick, thank just, you. you know, as usual, tell the folks at home where uh, they can find you. Oh, Hey, well, everyone, I am, uh, on the Heads of Hockey podcast. Also, um, my other friend who has a podcast, um, his name is Jake Wakeley, the Raising Hell in Jersey podcast. Um, it's on anchor.fm. It's not just Stitcher, but it's Spotify, Apple, 
pretty much every other podcatcher you can find us at. I'm at Joe of Jersey on uh, Instagram, uh, at Jersey Double OG on Twitter. Um, there's the Heads Up Hockey Podcast. You'll see that underscore um, between those three words. Um, you can find me on the Puck Authority. Uh, I write there. I do player profiles and I do double stuff. So anytime you want to reach out, hey, I'm here. Well, we reached out to you once again. And again, yeah. really do appreciate you coming on here today. And uh, we'll have you on again, uh, especially when we start to get a little bit more information and a little bit more certainty as to when the season be begins. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a uh, you know, season preview once, every, once training camp really starts. But uh, again, Joe, thank you so much for coming on today. We really do appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. And uh, let's go Devils. Let's go Devils, man. Thank you again. Right. Peace. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast. If you want to continue to listen to these episodes, here's what you do. You go on your computer and you type in Hockey Podcast Network, and you can check out the website, hockeypodcastnetwork.org, where you can see all the logos for all the podcasts that we do. You'll see the Devils logo, and you can click on that. You can also just check out all the other hockey podcasts that we have on this great network where we cover every single team in the NHL, and we have a bunch of other hockey podcasts along with those. So make sure you go check all of those out. We post new episodes every single Monday, and we also post them wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether that's Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind, and you will find it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also on Facebook at Devil State of Mind. On all of those, I will post when the new episodes are up, as well as just interactions with you guys, the fans, as we talk about our team, the New Jersey Devils. And also in the bio of all of those social medias, we have a link to the Devil State of Mind website where there... You can just check out all the episodes and go directly to where we have them. You can bookmark it so you can just keep it and make it very easy for you. So please go check those out as well. Again, new episodes of the podcast every single Monday. If you want to listen to me just talk about more things that are going on in sports, not just in hockey, you can follow me on the Mofobo Network podcast, which is available on Anchor and Spotify, where every week we post new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel called Mofobo Network Presents. New videos come out every single Wednesday where just like on the podcast, we get a topic that we discuss that's going on right now in the wide world of sports. So go check me out on all those. Again, it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O -O -O Network Podcast on Anchor and Spotify and M-O-F-O-B-O -O Network Presents on YouTube, where there you can just continue to listen to me talk about things that are going on in this great world that is the world of sports. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now called J-E-T-S Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, just go check that book out. It 
it chronicles all the painful memories, painful games, painful player decisions, and everything else that evolves around the New York football Jets. So please go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. But if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Bell Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome, amazing people that you are out there. Make sure that you're always helping out others. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!